Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, November 16th, and we start, as always, with local news. Thanks to the diligent work of the City of Spring Hill administration, millions of dollars in grant funding is coming to the city to assist with resource protection. On November 3rd, the City of Spring Hill was awarded two grants, totaling nearly $3.2 million from the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation through the State Water Infrastructure Grants, or SWIG, program. The SWIG program is designed to provide financial assistance to local entities for the planning, design, construction, and rehabilitation of water infrastructure. We are thankful for all of the local representatives, administration, and staff members who had a hand in making this achievable, said Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman. Ultimately, this comes down to providing our residents with the infrastructure and resources that make Spring Hill the great city that we all call home, and we believe this funding will set us up for success moving forward, he said. The city of Spring Hill is committed to providing the best utility service to its residents while also protecting its main water source, the Duck River. To this end, the city plans to allocate this money to fund an advanced purification pilot project, exploring how Spring Hill can maximize its fair share of water from the Duck River. More details about the advanced purification pilot project can be found on the City of Spring Hill website at www.springhilltn.org. University of Tennessee Extension recently released reports outlining the estimated agricultural contributions of all 95 counties in Tennessee. The updated reports highlight agriculture's impact on the output and employment of each county in 2021, providing key information for local and regional policymakers, the agricultural community, and the general public. While agriculture continues to make an important contribution to economic activity, there there have been few efforts to estimate agriculture's contribution to local economies for every county in a given state, said author David Hughes, professor and griever chair in the Department of Agricultural and Resource Economics. These reports represent UT Extension's ongoing efforts to identify and meet key needs in Tennessee, he wrote. According to the report, total direct agricultural output in Murray County is estimated at $389 million. With multiplier effects, agricultural output has a total estimated economic impact of $475.9 million. These results mean that for every dollar of direct output from agriculture, the total economic impact on the county's economy is $1.22. The report also estimates that 2,124 workers are employed in county agriculture. The reports define agriculture as crop and livestock production, food and fiber processing such as ice cream plants and textile mills, farm inputs such as fertilizer plants and feed mills, and forestry-based production such as sawmills and paper mills. County contributions also include a multiplier or spin-off value that accounts for the impact on the non-agricultural part of the economy. Examples of multiplier effects include local spending by agricultural workers and owner-operators and farmers and other agricultural businesses purchasing local inputs such as utilities. The reports document the continuing importance of agriculture at the county level in Tennessee, even in highly urbanized areas, said Hughes. The updated contributions are based on the 2021 economy and are available online at tiny.com 
utk.edu forward slash county impacts. The King's Daughters School and Heritage Bank and Trust are once again seeking help to make many Christmas wishes come true with the 23rd annual Santa's Mailbox Gift Drive. The annual drive will kick off Wednesday, November 22nd and run through Thursday, December 14th. Wish letters can be picked up from Santa's Mailbox at Heritage Bank and Trust branches in Columbia and Mount Pleasant. The letters are from disadvantaged King Daughters students and state custody kids who will be spending Christmas on campus. Students have written down their Christmas wishes and letters to Santa. Santa's mailbox should be easy to spot when you walk into a Heritage Bank and Trust lobby. Each letter contains one Christmas wish item for a student, the press release states. We are so grateful to Heritage Bank and Trust for their support of our Santa's mailbox program. Many of our students cannot go home for the holidays, so the contributions of the bank, their customers, and our entire community make their Christmas wishes come true. King's Daughter School Executive Director Shauna Pounder said. Once gifts are returned, they will be wrapped by the King's Daughter staff members and placed in Santa's bag ready for delivery at the King's Daughter School campus Christmas Eve. The school and bank members thank you ahead of time for helping make Christmas special for each and every child at King's Daughter School, the press release states. Heritage Bank and Trust is resuming hosting duties this year as a continued value partner of King's Daughter School, Heritage Bank and Trust is proud to be a part of the wonderful work being done by the King's Daughter School, says Shelley Golden, King's Daughter School board member and executive vice president and chief risk officer of Heritage Bank and Trust. Over the years, I have served on the board of directors of the King's Daughter School, and I continue to be impressed with the care and compassion given to each student to make their lives the best that it can be. Heritage is honored to partner with an organization making such a great impact on our community. Santa's mailboxes are located in two Murray County Heritage Bank and Trust lobbies, one at 217 South James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia and one at 109 South Main Street in Mount Pleasant. The King's Daughter School is a nonprofit residential school that has provided academic, vocational, and life skills training to students with developmental delays for over 60 years. Columbia's collegiate softball doubleheader, the Mid-State Classic, is back for the eighth year on April 2nd of 2024. Hosted by the City of Columbia, the Mid-State Classic is held annually at Ridley Sports Complex, one of the top recreational complexes in the state. This year's Mid-State Classic will feature the University of Tennessee Lady Volunteers facing off against the University of Memphis Tigers at 5.30 p.m. Earlier that day, Columbia Central Softball will play Spring Hill High soft school, High School Softball at 10 a.m. Also, Columbia State Community College Lady Chargers will be playing against an opponent to be determined at 1.30 p.m. Tickets to the Mid-State Classic are $10. City Manager Tony Massey stated, The Mid-State Classic has grown as an annual event since it began in 2014. We are especially excited this year to host the defending Southeastern Conference champions and World Series participants, the UT Lady Vols, as they take on the Memphis Tigers. It's another East Tennessee versus West Tennessee game played right here in Middle Tennessee, he said. UT and Columbia State have been participating in the Mid-State Classic since 2014, making this their eighth appearance. This annual event at Ridley Sports Complex has become a staple in the community's calendar, drawing support from locals and fans across the state. It provides the opportunity for fans to experience collegiate-level softball at all ages. We look forward to the Mid-State Classic every year, stated UT coach Karen Weekly. Weekly went on to say, 
Nobody puts the time and effort into an event quite like the City of Columbia. Both participating teams feel very special and welcomed by the entire community. Memphis will be a great opponent. I have no doubt Stephanie Van Brakel Prothro will build them into a consistent winner, she said. Spearheaded each year by the City Parks and Recreation Department, this long-standing tradition not only showcases the athletic abilities of the participating teams, but also fosters a sense of community spirit, making the Mid-State Classic a much-anticipated annual event for residents and visitors alike. Parks and Recreation Director Mac Reagan stated, Once again, the City of Columbia is excited to host one of the best days of of softball for the coming year. The Mid-State Classic is our chance to give back to our residents and provide them a chance to see an action-packed day of top-level softball. The city is thrilled to have the University of Memphis Tigers back this year to spearhead against the UT Lady Vols. University of Memphis coach Stephanie Van Brakel Prothro stated, We are super excited to participate in the Mid-State Classic this year. Part of building a strong program is elevating our level of competition. The weeklies have been influential in softball in the state of Tennessee. Karen's program and staff are first class, and coming off last year's WCWS run will be a great opponent that I hope to keep on the schedule yearly, she said. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder stated, I am so excited for what will be our eighth annual Mid-State Classic in Columbia, which will once again bring world-class collegiate softball talent to our community. I look forward to welcoming the participants and teams to our community, and I'm grateful to the, uh, that our region will have access to such high-level collegiate softball. We've seen firsthand the benefits of the Mid-State Classic in inspiring our local softball community, and I know that inspiration will only continue, he said. Tickets will be available for purchase closer to the date through the city's website. For questions, you can call 931-388-8119. Columbia City Council voted this month to dedicate portions of two city parks to former council members and public servants Steve Boshears and Ken Wiles. The proposals were brought before the council last week, in which members voted on two resolutions. One was to dedicate the soccer complex building at Ridley Park in Boshears' honor, and the other to dedicate a playground and pavilion off Wheeler Drive at Woodland Park for Wiles. Both resolutions passed unanimously. Prior to Thursday's vote, council members shared memories of their former colleagues while also paying tribute to Boshears and Wiles' families who were in attendance. It's a profound honor for me and for all of this council to be part of an organization that gets to make known and sketched in history his name forever in our community and the work Steve Boshears did, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. He was a giant of a man and was such a good man, and we will remember as those who served with him. But now, more importantly, the community as a whole and at large will honor Steve Boshears, he said. Boshears, a Colombian native, passed away on July 31st of 2019. In addition to his service on the city council serving the second ward, Boshears was also a Murray County constable, a reserve deputy for the Murray County Sheriff's Department, a pastor, and territorial manager of O'Reilly Auto Parts for many years. As an avid sports fan, Boshears also served as president of the local Cal Ripken Jr. Baseball League, as well as a Little League coach. Mulder added that having Boshears' family present during the vote is a snapshot of his continuing legacy to the community. One of his biggest legacies was his family, who continues to give back to this community every day, Mulder said. For that, we're proud. Wiles first came aboard the council in 2019, taking Boshear's former seat, overseeing the second ward, and later securing re-election in 2020. He later passed away, also on July 31st in 2022. 
His surviving wife, Debbie Wiles, currently presides in the position. When I think of Steve Boshears and I think of Ken Wiles, I think of a good man no matter what, where, or when, Mulder said. It was an honor to serve with Ken and equally an honor to now serve with his wife, Debbie, he said. In addition to his service on council, Wiles also served on the city's planning commission. He was also an avid musician and would often be seen playing guitar on the square during First Fridays. I served with Ken on the planning commission, and we always had a great time, always respected him, and it was a joy to be with him, Vice Mayor Randy McBroom said. He was always at First Fridays down at Puckett's playing. He always had joy in his heart, and he lived that way every day. Wiles' son, Brent Wiles, later commented thanking the council for the dedication. Thank you all, though I think my dad would probably probably be a little embarrassed by all this attention given to him, Wiles joked, but we all appreciate it, he said. Debbie Wiles added that Boshears was actually a former student of her late husband at Highland Park Elementary School, which adds to the sentiment and legacy of both their lives. A date for a public dedication has yet to be set for the two former council members. Main Street Mount Pleasant is proud to announce the much-anticipated first annual tree lighting ceremony. This event will usher in the holiday season with a brilliant display of 14,000 LED lights, festive entertainment, and community spirit. This new tradition is scheduled to take place on November 25th at 6 p.m. on the square. My hope is for the tree lighting ceremony to become an event in the Mount Pleasant community to bring residents and visitors together to celebrate the magic of the holiday season. I look forward to creating a memorable experience for all who attend, said director of Mount Pleasant Main Street, Haverly Pennington. Highlights of the event will include the official tree lighting. You'll watch in awe as Main Street's majestic tree is illuminated in a dazzling display of lights, marking the start of the holiday season at 6 p.m. There'll be holiday entertainment. You can enjoy live performances from Mount Pleasant Elementary, who will sing timeless holiday classics, followed by performances from the middle school dance team and high school cheer squad. There'll be a visit from Santa Claus. The jolly old man himself, Santa Claus, will make a special appearance to greet children and hear their holiday wishes on the square from 5 until 5.45 p.m. Feel free to grab your camera to snap a photo with the man in red. There'll be plenty of food and refreshments. The Connection Church will be on hand to provide delicious treats and hot beverages to attendees from 5 until 5.45. And, of course, holiday shopping. Stroll Main Street Mount Pleasant before the festivities and start your holiday shopping. Main Street Mount Pleasant is dedicated to creating memorable and engaging events for our community. The tree lighting ceremony is just one of the many activities undertaken to enhance the charm and vibrancy of the downtown area. We believe that this event will be a heartwarming and unifying experience for our community. We can't wait to celebrate the holiday season with our friends and neighbors, said Mount Pleasant Mayor Bill White. All are invited to attend this free, family-friendly event. Please mark your calendars on November 25th and join us on the square to kick off the holiday season in style. Dress warmly and bring your holiday spirit as we light up the night together, he said. For more information about the Mount Pleasant Tree Lighting Ceremony and other Main Street activities, contact info at visitmountpleasant.com. The Spring Hill Chamber has launched its 2023 Think Shop Explore Local Passport presented by Groove Life, encouraging residents to explore the local community and its businesses through November 17th. Residents who collect at least 15 stickers from participating businesses will have a chance to win a grand prize featuring gifts from local businesses worth thousands of dollars. Empowering our community with a local passport program is not just about promoting business, it's about promoting community pride through local discovery, 
said Rebecca Melton, executive director of the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce. With the opportunity to win a generous grand prize from some of our local businesses, the Passport Program offers an exciting way for residents to explore the community's assets and make new connections, she said. Passports are available at all participating businesses and the Spring Hill Welcome Center located at 5326 Main Street, Suite G in Spring Hill. The Welcome Center will also serve as the official back I'm sorry, the official drop-off location for all pa- completed passports. A list of business addresses, a map with directions, grand prize details, and passport rules can be found at springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. The local passport includes 33 stops encompassing various local business types and community photo opportunities. This year's community photo opportunities include Spring Hill Public Library, Walnut Street Skate Park, and Cannon Hill. Participants can take photos at these locations and share them on Instagram or Facebook using the hashtag SHPassport23 or complete the entire passport to earn extra entries in the grand prize drawing. Once again, for a list of businesses, a map with directions, grand prize details, and passport rules, you can go to www.springhillchamber.com forward slash passport. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mildred Casey Stewart Kelly, 76, a resident of Columbia and member of Highland Baptist Church, died Tuesday, November 14th at Murray Regional Medical Center. A funeral service will be held Monday, November 20th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. A visitation will be held before the service from 12 until 2. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements and condolences may be extended online at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have sunny to partly cloudy skies today with a high of around 75 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect cloudy skies and a low of 56. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, 
Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Jingle bells, houses sell all the time of the year. To get the most out of your house, let us help you there. With free home staging, yard landscaping, and some free repairs. We work hard for you to make your dreams come true. Mr. Grinch beware. Merry Christmas to you and your family from George Varalis and The Way Realty. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus Christ changes lives. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. 
This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A legislative panel considering rejecting federal school funds for Tennessee concluded two weeks of meetings on Wednesday with more questions than answers about whether to decline federal funds and replace them with state dollars. The Joint Working Group on Federal Education Funding wrapped up Wednesday after holding hearings over the course of two weeks. More meetings are expected after Thanksgiving. Russell Moore, director of the Tennessee Comptroller's Office of Research and Education Accountability, laid out a framework of dozens of questions on Wednesday for the panel to consider as they move forward with a policy recommendation for when the General Assembly convenes again in January. The panel also heard testimony Wednesday from representatives of two conservative groups who highlighted advantages of rejecting federal funds. They were, they were the only special interest groups permitted to testify during the hearings. No disability rights groups, for instance, addressed the group. Sal Nuzzo, senior vice president of the Tallahassee-based conservative James Madison Institute, told House members Wednesday afternoon that school districts receiving federal funds are required to leverage them for student services in federally determined proportions. He said federal rulemaking has conflicted with state laws passed in Florida, citing a new state law that requires school staff to refer to students using pronouns based on their biological sex. New proposed federal guidance, if adopted, would create a legal basis for school employees to sue the school district if preferred pronouns were not used. Nuzo said this puts school districts in the dilemma of having to choose whether to risk their state or federal funding. Nuzo also told lawmakers that Florida didn't suffer from when officials declined more than $2 billion in federal school funding, but student achievement has since risen. He later noted that those funds were post-coronavirus supplemental funding and did not support day-to-day school operations. Florida has not rejected funding for federal Title I, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or school nutrition programs, as Tennessee lawmakers are considering. Steve Johnson, a fellow with the State Policies Network Center for Practical Federalism, encouraged the panel to reject the funding in order to guard the authority you have as a state, he said. He claimed that individualized education plans, or IEPs, for students struggling academically, which he praised because we don't want a one-size-fits-all policy, are burdensome for teachers to administer because they involve hours and hours of paperwork to ensure federal compliance. He considers those hours an opportunity cost that could be saved if the state allowed districts to administer IEPs without federal compliance requirements. If you turn down those federal funds, it would allow you to innovate in a way nobody has ever done, Johnson said. With the federal regulations right now, it doesn't allow for that innovation. Johnson also cited extensive requirements connected with the USDA's school nutrition program, such as permitting schools to serve a protein-enriched macaroni and cheese as a meat alternative, and said that school districts would be free to innovate and compete if the state just provided funding for school lunches in a block grant. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Living with a worn joint can be painful and frustrating. Leave your joint pain in the past with a joint replacement procedure at Murray Regional Health. Our joint replacement program has been recognized in the top 10% of the nation for medical excellence and patient safety thanks to our highly skilled and experienced surgical staff who perform progressive procedures for the knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, and ankles. For more information, go to murrayregional.com slash joint replacement. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today. And now our final story. Santa is stopping by Living on 6th, a new shop located at 113 East 6th Street in Columbia on Saturday, on the Saturday before and after Thanksgiving for free photos from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. So grab your camera, round up the kids and even the pops for this free family event. The goats of Sweet Swizzle Farm and Spider-Man will be there, too, from 1 to 3 p.m. It's an event packed with fun, laughter, and unforgettable memories for families. Once again, the event uh, entails free photos with Santa on November 18th and November 25th from 11 till 3 at Living on 6th, located at 113 East 6th Street in Columbia. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.